0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast
1: only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network for our second to last episode on The Amazing Race Canada, Season 5. So sad it's coming to an end. We are up to episode number 10. Uh, they're crawling on you. Um, <laughs> Everybody's worst nightmare on the amazing race is somebody's going to be crawling on you. Uh, my name is Colin, and joining me as always is uh, the uh, protege of Chucker Ross, famed curler. Uh, Anthony Rossi, tell us all about your great curling experiences.
0: Um, you know, I went to a competition once in my all-new 2017 Chevrolet Colorado and came out victorious. Even though I lost the first one and had to wait twenty minutes for the next group to show up, but it went well. Are you
1: a crokinole um, champion, a curling champion or a and curl champ? Which, uh, one, just which curling. one do you do you identify most with as a sport?
0: Definitely the curling.
1: Curling? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was not aware, as most of Canadians were, what crokinole is or crokinole or whatever it is. Um that'll be fun when we get to that. But overall, feelings on this episode were like one episode away from the end of the season. Uh, How did you feel about this one uh, episode, number ten? The something is crawling on my face.
0: Uh, Definitely a lot better than last week. (laughs) Um, But most of most episodes were better than last week, so that's not too much of a encouraging thing. But it was like it was pretty good. I thought it was. I think we got a lot of entertainment from all the teams this time. Like I feel like. The challenges were good. Um, And the last challenge was really dynamic. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I didn't, I mean, I was annoyed that there was a face off, but whenever there's a face off, I'm always annoyed.
1: I actually liked the face off this week, and I thought that everything about this episode worked. I'm not going to say it's like the most entertaining episode ever. Uh, I, I think it had a good balance of everything. There were moments that were really funny, moments that were really exciting, moments that were really dramatic. Uh, and the challenges, for the most part, worked uh, every single one this week. And um, I'm not completely thrilled with the final three teams we have, but uh, uh, I think that uh, we're, we're getting good competition out of them, if, if nothing else. So uh, let's start it out right away. We're leaving Saskatchewan oh so soon. Uh, <laughs> sad about that. Uh, off to Sault Ste. Marie, which uh, I have to say, I don't know if i have ever been to Sault Ste. Marie on the amazing race or any Canadian rally shows ever gone to Sault Ste. Marie. It looks fantastic. Uh, I have been, I mean, I'm familiar with where it is and, uh, you know, not so much about the history or anything like that, but I mean, this was one of the best looking legs all around. So, uh, are you in agreement with that? Did you like the way the Sault Ste. Marie looks? Are you planning a vacation there in the future to, uh, maybe do some exhibition Crokinole?
0: Sure. Why not? (laughs)
1: nothing else to add like the, okay let's talk about the train ride first i mean the the challenge itself was much better than i thought when they said you're gonna be identifying paintings on a train i thought this is gonna be terrible and then i start to see just in the preview just the scenery on this train i'm like well that, that really does look fantastic like i want to go on that 30 minute train ride and then you add the 30 minute thing in there and for what i thought was going to be like a complete wasted opportunity for a challenge and just another one like what we've seen a lot of this season of just identify this like at the art gallery one or the uh i think it was when they were in beijing the um the the medicine challenge the pharmacist one but like everything about this challenge worked for me i thought you know the the details they had to pick apart in the paintings it was challenging uh the the time limit is what really made this challenge for me so what did you think about the first challenge of the episode the train ride the canada 150 train ride
0: oh of course Uh, i thought it was really good uh I was yeah, I was kind of surprised that there was a lot going on for a challenge that took place on like in one room essentially um you know, I think that we did lose a little bit of the scenery just because we're all looking at all these painted landscapes instead yeah. of the actual one, but like I mean, there's no other way to really do that unless they do skydiving like um yeah, and I was glad to see that teams actually had to go around on the second time, and it wasn't just all the teams got it on the first go and stuff.
1: And I also like that it was tight as well. I mean, we saw Sam and Paul get through on the first try, but they barely made it on that first try. And then the other teams—I think it kind of went like Team Giver, and then uh, who was the the third one on there? Was it Corey and Ivana, or was it Karen and Burt?
0: Karen and Burt.
1: Yeah. So, and then what happened was basically you're you're down to minutes, and then Corey and Ivana are like the 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 last ones to go through. I mean, it, it, there was just there's good intervals, and none of the teams were really that close together. But at the same time, there was a sense of urgency with all of them. And I really love that 30 minute time limit on there. You know, we have lots of things like this, like even the uh, the one of the two detours that would come up where, you know, you have to do it over again. I think we've been missing a lot of that on the US version where people have to try something over and over and over. But here where you have a long time and really they're not showing us the whole 30 minutes. That's the other thing I think that made this challenge. So I actually think this is one of the most exciting challenges of the whole season. It was because you have 30 minutes, but we're not seeing them for 30 minutes trying over and over again. You basically get the impression it takes you 30 minutes to study these 14 paintings because there's like 14 paintings. That's a lot. This is really challenging. Way more than squeezing 14 oranges last week at the Douglas Park Elementary School. (laughs) But it's like, I think we just basically got the tail end of every single one where they give, they, they didn't even have time to show us them guessing all the paintings. They only showed us the ones they guessed wrong. And that showed me, how much time had to be dedicated to this challenge. So I loved it. Um, I think you're kind of right about the scenery. We don't get it a lot, but at the same time, I think if we just had this in a room somewhere or like in some you know Chinese pharmacy, uh, it loses a lot. The fact that maybe every once in a while you can look out the window and you're at least seeing the scenery change, that kind of made it exciting for me. Uh, why was this Canada 150 challenge? I don't know. Um, did it have to do with... The, did they say, was it because of the paintings or because of the, the scenic train ride itself that must be famous
0: canadian pride
1: because there was both canadian paintings and
0: canadians are proud of their trains
1: yeah we're a big train nation here (laughs) uh i'm realizing more and more we went back um to the what was it season two uh the only one i think where they actually came to winnipeg we'll talk a little about winnipeg on the end of this and the preview, I know I mentioned this when we interviewed Cormac and Nicole, because they missed out on that one. And the fact that the preview showed you getting stuck at a train crossing. And that's like the nightmare. So when I see trains in Winnipeg, like I'm rushing, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here, and I don't recommend this to anybody, but I, I basically walk to work every single day, every once in a while, like my wife and I work in the same building. Uh, so I'll get a ride home, but I'll walk to work, you know, just to get some steps in or just to get some exercise in. And... There's a train crossing that is unavoidable no matter what. They're currently building an overpass, but I come up to the train crossing and often a train will just stop there for like 20 minutes. I'm like, I can't be late for work, so I won't lie. Uh, At least once or twice a week, I end up (laughs) having to jump in between the train cars, jump over a train as it stopped. Probably not the safest thing in the world, but uh, maybe that's why I like this challenge because I'm seeing something fun on a train and all i ever get in winnipeg and all anybody gets in winnipeg is stressed with trains so ross did you have bad train experiences where you're from no no have you ever had to jump a train no <laughs> have you ever been caught by a train no all right um this is going places let's move on <laughs> um the detour okay so good and bad about this one i guess i think one was good one was not so exciting uh, I'll cast it or I'll pack it. Is it ill il- pack? i al- pack. How do they pronounce it?
0: Oh, uh,
1: it? I don't know. Like is, here, here's where no, it's
0: an alpaca.
1: Uh, it's, it's an alpaca, but it's basically a, a, a llama, right?
0: No, it's an alpaca.
1: Okay. <laughs> Alpacas. I'm sure are part of the llama family. Canadian pride. Well, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, I've never even heard of an alpaca before. Um, Uh, is this something that's just canadian or where do they come from i
0: don't know i think they're from south america
1: are they i'm gonna have to google it uh but um yeah i mean it's a cool little animal and you know every once in a while they'll be petting zoos stuff like that and we'll have stuff like this here i just assume this is something you see at the zoo so uh yeah it's, it's south american you're right from peru uh i'm just gonna look in here and see if canada is even mentioned canada's not even mentioned so why is this some all Canadian thing. I don't know. Maybe Sault Ste. Marie just has an alpaca museum or something, or a zoo, I guess. This is, zoo's where they keep the living animals. <laughs> um, Rossi, how did you feel about the two detours? Did you like one better than the other? I think it's obvious which one's better, I'll cast it or I'll pack it.
0: I think I'll cast it was clearly the far superior one of the two.
1: Did you say I'll cast it was? Yeah. You like that one better, really? No. Just okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I was like, uh, I was so happy to see the animals. I was like, normally I'm like, so against those animal challenges. If I was like a racer, I'd be like, nope, don't do that one because you can't trust animals. But it was so, they were so adorable, and I, uh, I wanted to do that challenge so badly. It, it was good, and I. But the kids were kind of the buzzkill the entire thing.
1: You didn't like the kids, not even when they're chanting "Give
0: Why are they there? Like, can you explain to me why there's just, I don't know, twenty children just watching? Every
1: challenge has to have an audience now. That's what we've discovered throughout this season. They can't do it. Yeah,
0: my kids, my kids.
1: Uh, They're they're left over. Look, what do you have to live for in Saskatchewan other than to stop over your elementary school? Uh, Let's throw the kids a bone. Let's let them travel to a real city, see St. Marie, and witness a second amazing race challenge. These are just the same kids (laughs) just traveling across the country here, and it's still Uh, not heckling. We want some heckling children here. I want some of these kids to get cruel in these challenges.
0: Usually, sometimes you'll have sometimes you'll get onlookers like watching a challenge. I don't know if they're planted or not, mm. and they'll just like start laughing when people get yeah. it wrong, like in the diving challenge or something. This mm. season, they were just like embarrassed. Like I want more of that instead of like just generic. Like, um, what's the like what's the fake ca- like canned laughter yeah. or whatever of like so- sitcoms and junk? Like that's what it felt like. This is like a and living canned was, like, audience, basically. Yeah, we need you saw the access. canned laughter and the canned audience right there.
1: And this is where I really want to, because I know I mentioned this earlier in the season that I've heard that at least on the U.S. version, they will make the eliminated teams continue to race just as a way of preserving, uh, uh, you know, the the results of the show without spoiling it. I'm even more confused because when we did interview Cormac and Nicole, they said, yeah, we were gone. We just went home. But how do you do this across Canada when it's the number one show in the country and you're bringing spectators into every challenge and not spoil the results? I'm not sure how they can do this. Uh, by the way, thanks to Rossi for providing the link to alpacainfo.ca, uh, which tells you all about alpaca farming in Canada, which I guess it's for their fur. Or, uh, maybe they turn to wool. It's kind of like sheep. Um, I guess a lot of stuff is made out of alpaca fur here in Canada. Um, I didn't know that. I'm going to start looking on the labels of all my clothes for alpaca in there. Uh, They're fun animals, though. I don't know if this was the disastrous challenge. It's funny. You know, they had the poll come up about which one would you do. And this is proving that Canadians do watch The Amazing Race because the majority of them, not like a huge slanted majority, but the majority know that you don't go with the animal on The Amazing Race The alpacas weren't as much of a problem. Like, even when this challenge was starting, my wife asked me, she's like, well, which one would you do? And I'm like, you never do one where you're working with an animal on The Amazing Race. It's a disaster. You're going to get kicked in the the balls like Mike did, you know, uh, by by the zebra in (laughs) season 26. Uh, But, like, what did we have outside of the one that refused to move for Team Giver? And that was Team Giver, right? Yeah, Yeah. aside of that, I mean, these things were very cooperative. Let's be honest, Sam and Paul, like, Paul was a bigger problem than the alpacas in his challenge. Paul blew it for them. He, like, he
0: ran into the obstacle.
1: Yeah, and then just kept going. And it was so funny when Paul's, or Sam was like, Paul, Paul, you knocked it over. It's like, the alpaca's doing fine. Uh, these are the most cooperative animals ever. So if you're on the Amazing Race and you have your choice between an alpaca, a zebra, or a puffin, take the alpaca, I say. Um... Any positive things about the I'll cast it one we got a lot of personality out of Corey. I think that's one thing
0: yeah um yeah i like to see all these little um things that were not normally like like when they don't do a good job of like telling a good story about who these people are like Karen and Burke got a good story like we know who they were without it being forced, but I do like sometimes the the little add-ins like Corey and storyline storylines kind of forced, but like at least we're getting. Yeah. Some interesting facts and stuff.
1: I fish all the time. <laughs> That's basically what it was this week.
0: Um,
1: I, I will say, this was like Corey's week. Corey was kind of the star of this episode for me, and I didn't really expect that. We've kind of been saying every single week, yeah, we got our Corey and Ivana moment. It's not like they're the most interesting.
0: You know, interesting this was team. their leg. Yeah. The, their best leg, and they were actually like probably the most interesting team
1: mm-hmm.
0: on this. Le-
1: I mean, yeah fun team um they're having more fun they're getting a lot more competitive for a team that's been in near elimination as many times they have it's crazy um and you know as we're going to go into the finale we don't want to spoil this for anybody who decided to listen to the first half of the podcast before watching the episode but corinne of honor in the finale how did that ever happen what um they're gonna be spoilers (laughs)
0: Colin. thank you i'm right here
1: i think they will become the most competitive one in here um i found this funny though because i thought everybody's I wanted to go through the phobias here uh, because we saw what happened. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but you know, Corey's phobia is apparently vomit. So I'm glad that he didn't have to sit in his head covered in b- vomit. It's just an interesting fact there. Um, face off, I mean, do we have anything else to add on the detour or you wanna move on to the face off? Cause you said, I think we're gonna have differing opinions on this.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, there's not much. I just love the alpacas. I thought they were adorable
1: yeah they're they're great animals so cooperative so polite um they are the official third member of team giver now uh
0: i, I, re- I said in my notes that that was the giver mascot <laughs> team giver's mascot
1: yeah can we just get like team giver needs to come up with a corporate logo with an alpaca you know smiling and giving a thumbs up or giving that crazy team giver face that they have too uh before we get into your opinions on the face-off who knew that Crokinole was a summertime favorite of at least 25% of Canadians watching this show? Uh, it's kind of bad when you Why you're wasn't sewing. this
0: the 150 challenge if it's like a Canadian household favorite?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, nobody knows anything about trains and scenic trains in Canada. They just know about jumping trains because you're late for work. Um, this, I mean, it would have been a perfect fit for it, I guess. But, but let's talk quickly about the Canada 150 challenges. Are we any closer to figuring out what these are? Like, we have had them be roadblocks. We've had them be detours. Sometimes they're just a random challenge. Is it just a way of branding every week, this is Canada 150?
0: I guess so. I mean, there is no logic in the way that they do it. Because if they said if it was every roadblock, I'd be like, all right, that's fair. But, like, it's like, it was the first one. It was crossing the building on the tightrope. Mm -hmm. It was the... The citizenship test. Yeah, it was the um, firefighting challenge. Yeah it's the painting challenge like it's not even like logical yeah and they don't even like force like saying like oh it's these can can challenges are going to be like canadian values or like the only one that would make sense is the the citizenship test cuz literally about being canadian like mm-hmm. other than that they're just meaningless tags like like a hashtag that you throw on just to get likes
1: and i thought that the other one like the the firefighting one they could have force that in there because just what a big story the the Fort McMurray fires were but then you're looking at well this is Canadian history and I don't know what paintings has to do with Canadian history or um certain crossing a building or whatever it's but, like
0: they don't even believe it that they're like doing it like there's no
1: you know what it like, is it is hashtag like the one thing you know is going to be hashtagged over and over again this year in Canada is hashtag Canada 150 it's just a great excuse to get another hashtag on every tweet about The Amazing Race that happens to be talking about whatever your challenge is that week. It's, I don't see any other reason behind it. But I think you're right. Face-off, Crokinole, the, the great summertime cottage favorite. <laughs> um, it was really funny to see that poll where John's really trying to sell how popular this game is that nobody's heard of. And the poll says, 75%, I've never heard of it. Which started higher, if you remember. And it was funny, as he was explaining Crokinole... It started, I think, as like 83 or 84% never heard of it, and then it went down to 75 as he started explaining the rules. But I think that was more when they started explaining the, the similarities to curling, and people were like, oh, I know what curling is. <laughs> like 10% of the people didn't get the question. Um, I guess crocodile, uh, not crocodile, croc and curl, what did they call it? The, the hybrid game. Was it croc and curl? Uh,
0: yeah. Let's just call it croc and
1: curl. That. Um, that looks like a fun sport. I'm horrible at curling. Rossi, do you have any exposure to curling? Do you watch it during the Olympics or anything?
0: Um, I've seen the Olympics, and then we've had the challenge in Canada one of the other seasons. They yeah. did the curling.
1: Yeah, but it's not, <laughs> but that's the extent. It's, it's not something where you just go out on, like, a Friday night and watch a professional curling match right? anything. <laughs> no. Um, curling's big here, obviously. You know, it's kind of like one of the other Canadian sports, I guess, along with... Um, uh, hockey and funny enough, I didn't even realize it. You would never know it if you lived in Canada. But basketball is uh, technically a Canadian-created sport, and yet nobody here really plays or watches a lot of basketball. Um, curling's big. I think you're going to have to include a curling challenge anytime you're, you know, on the. If you have an opportunity, you're going to do either hockey or curling in Canada. It's the obvious one. Uh, this game looks like more fun for me because I think I've mentioned it here on the show before. I certainly have on episodes with Ben talking about. Uh, The Olympics on Off the Podium, which you can listen to via iTunes, uh, Sister Show, great. Uh, We have not talked to a curl yet, but when we were in, I think, third grade, our school had a curling rink, uh, I guess, in the back of the school or on the side of the school, and we had, I think, three or four weeks straight of curling as part of gym class, and I was so bad at it, I've never curled since. I like to watch it. I never would curl. I would play crock and curl, though. This one looks like fun, especially... When you see, like, the bonus point you can get by getting it right in the middle. That was great. Uh, Now that we've talked a lot about curling here, this is our Canada 150 segment here on curling. Uh, Rossi, what did you not like? Are you just not a fan of face-offs, or did you not like this type of face-off?
0: The thing that annoyed me the most was the fact that they had a face-off in an episode when you have a delayed, like, time to task with the train. Like, it defeats the whole purpose of having that 30-minute train ride if you're just going to have all the teams level out at a face-off. And I get that it's to keep the, the race tighter, but it really didn't do too much because all the teams were at the end together and everything. It it just seemed... It really... It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the face-off just instantly kills all momentum because then you have, like, teams just waiting there and you can't do anything with them, like... Sam Paul standing there, what's interesting? Like, what are they doing there? They're just standing. Like, it's it's just a waste. I like the idea of teams competing against each other, but uh, I would prefer them do, like, an intersection or something.
1: I disagree. I mean, I always like the face-off. I disagree on this challenge just because, like, yes, you already have the 30-minute advantage that you can have, but it had to have been a precaution for them where they're thinking, you know, we have this great way of doing a challenge where somebody can be 30 minutes behind, an hour behind, an hour and a half behind, but how are we going to save the episode if this goes terribly long? Like, we saw how close teams two, three, and four were. You know, if Karen and Bert or Corey Navana are a few minutes later, we have an hour separating these teams. There's no suspense. And when you're down to the final four teams, you want as much suspense as possible. So I think the face-off was the only way to guarantee that we did have a close result this week. Um... And plus, I like when we can change it up a little bit. Now, it is tough when you're down to the final four and you're forcing a team maybe like Karen and Burt. Oh, I was sad last week. I'm even sadder this week. But you're basically forcing a fan-favorite team to be eliminated just because of a small mistake. And you know, this face-off really was a strategic game and it is something that we saw can change like right at the end. It's it's just, okay, well, when Jamie was watching this, a perfect example. It was like, 35 to nothing or something like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Corey a ball on one. And she's like, what, how she blinked for a second? She's like, how did that happen? They were so far ahead. I'm like, that's kind of the way it just works with curling. You know, you knock one out. So I get that. It's maybe a little bit, I'm not going to say unfair, but it would be a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> if you're eliminated <laughs> on this week when it's the final four, but when you have the train challenge before then, which I'm not going to knock the train challenge. Cause it was great. Uh, I think this was the best way to keep the teams. Even.
0: Yeah, I just wish that there was better planning. Like, I'm not against the challenges that they were, but when you combine them on the one leg, like, I feel like they should be on two separate legs.
1: Yeah, that that might have made... And I would better. be
0: more okay with it, like, because I feel like, why would you do this challenge where you want the teams divided and then have a challenge where you want the teams together? Like, it's like telling two narratives at the same time.
1: uh. One thing I just wanted to mention before we get to this challenge itself, something I missed in my notes here that I loved. Uh, When Corey and Ivana finished the fishing challenge, and Ivana's like... Here's my thing. Um, Sidetrack for a second. What is Corey and Ivana's relationship without looking?
0: Aren't they fitness buddies or whatever?
1: Okay, see, you say friends. I assumed... And I knew at the beginning of the season, because they even said, I think they established, oh yeah, well, you know, we're just friends or whatever, we're personal trainers or friends or whatever. Uh, I assumed weeks into this that they were a couple. <laughs> and maybe that's just what you're going to get if you ever have like a male and female friend on here. But it didn't help when at the end of the fishing challenge, the cast hit, Corey's running to get the clue and Ivana's like, stop flirting, Corey, you're flirting with that girl. And literally all he was doing was, Ivana's running away from the challenge and he's saying, the girl, the girl, go to the girl, which he was right. You had to get the clue from the girl. And she's like, you're flirting, Corey, stop flirting. <laughs> it, it came across like maybe the jealous girlfriend there. So I started to get the impression that they were a couple. And then I thought to myself, wait, wait, weren't they the ones that weren't a couple? And I had to Google it again. So I don't know. It was kind of a funny moment, I thought, regardless, because he in no way was flirting. and She's like, stop flirting, Corey.
0: I just thought it was funny because run- she was, like, running away to, like...
1: Yeah, she's, to? Like, she's about to run away without the clue. And he's yeah, she's, like, running safe. to the
0: car. Yeah, yeah
1: he's like, oh, we need the clue. The girl has it. Because he said the girl and starts running towards her. You're flirting, Corey. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Do we want Corey and Ivana to one day hook up? I don't know. Do we want them to be, like, those friends that it's like, hey, if we hit 40 and both of us are single, you know...
0: I could see it as a funny sitcom. Yeah. But I'm never going to see them on TV again. (laughs) So what does it matter?
1: Well, here's the funny thing. I was saying last week, and it had more to do with just how angry I was that uh, Adam and Andrea. uh, Which one was Andrea and which one was Andrea? I don't know. I think the brother and sister.
0: The A team was Andrea. Yeah.
1: Okay. So they were gone. So I was really upset last week. I haven't mentioned Corey and Ivana. I found myself throughout this episode, maybe because it was the Corey and Ivana show this week, I really am liking Corey and Ivana going into this finale. And I would like to see... Wait, wait, wait,
0: hold on. Can you can you repeat that? I don't think I heard you properly.
1: <laughs> I'm liking Corey and Ivana going into this finale to the point where I may be rooting for them to win this thing. I'll explain more on the end. We'll kind of give our final three predictions. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that. I Throughout this entire race, it's basically been Sam and Paul are boring, Corey and Ivana are bo- boring. They've had just the right enough progression and just entertaining enough the last couple weeks where I'm starting to get behind them.
0: Yeah, they feel like probably are people like um, that like take a while to get to know. Like, do you understand? Like, they're not like someone yeah. who's like immediately like A type personality in your face. You get who they are. Like a uh, Karen and Bert, you kind of can see and get them pretty quickly. But like these, these are probably people that you have to take time to warm up to. Yeah,
1: and, and yeah, I'm just liking them more and more. And that moment was one of the because it's natural with them. And I'm not knocking Team Giver. I love Team Giver too. But with Team Giver, they're putting on a show, and they probably sit there scripting some lines before they say it, and they're like, hey, what should we say? And then, okay, camera, start rolling, you know? Uh, it's completely natural when Corey and Ivana do funny things, like the moment in the cab last week. <laughs> What's a hangar? Is that like a building? Like, little things like that are just fun for me. Uh, let's talk about the face-off then a little bit. There were some great moments in here. Uh, who knew after Johnny Mustard that uh, <laughs> uh, we would run into yet another person on the race that somebody knew of? Canada is a huge country, can we say that? Like, it is the biggest country as far as land goes, really anywhere, maybe outside of Russia. Uh, and yes, our population is all just along the border for the most part, but millions and millions of people in Canada. And it's kind of just going along with the stereotype of what most people think of Canadians. It's like, hey, you're from Canada, do you know this guy? <laughs> but how is it that Chukka Ross, grandpa of, who was it, Sam Paul? Sam. Sam's grandpa, Chuck Ross, famous curling champion, that the referee here is like, yeah, I know him. It, w- it wasn't even like blink. It is just, yeah, I know him. Didn't even bat an eye. Just completely random. I just love that this, we're living up to the stereotype that everybody in Canada must know everybody. Um, the strategy was great in this. So this is where I love the challenge. Like, Do you have anything, any comments on the challenge itself? Is this a game that you know, uh, you're endeared to now? You want to pick up crock and curl?
0: I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, it reminds me of like cornhole. Are you familiar with cornhole?
1: <laughs> uh, no. Do I want to be?
0: <laughs> no, it's a fun like it's a really it's a fun like backyard like tailgate kind of game. It's very southern. Mm-hmm. But anyway you know, we have like this little bag, and you have to toss it onto like an opposing board that has a hole in it, and so you get points based on if you can get it into the hole or not. It's yeah. like a tossing game. And that's what it looked like just on ice. And I thought I thought it was interesting. I, I didn't mind the challenge at all. I was still a little confused on what was going on because after the first throw, it was like, you missed or something. And I was like, what?
1: I mean, it helps to know the rules of curling a little bit. I mean, it, it's more or less you get certain points for being in different circles. But I mean, I, on, I'll on i be honest, I watch curling sometimes and I wait to see the score come up because, you know, people will start applauding and I'll be like, okay, which side actually got the point there? You don't really understand there's fun moments here like where well, I'm saying fun just isn't like strategically fun where, you know, Corey and Ivana, uh, I think Sam and Paul thought, Oh yeah, we're in a perfect position here. You know, I'm going to throw my rock as far away from Ivana as possible. Cause I know that she won't hit it from there. And then other things like when, uh, Karen and Bert had the opportunity, do you want to go first or second? Well, based on the, the face offs we'd seen prior to that, it would make sense to go second because it's all about knocking the other person's rock out and just having yours be a little bit closer. But, it completely worked against him in this one because Team Giver, they're like, well, we can get 20 points just for getting in the center and then that rocks off the the ice or off the table. It was just, you have to learn the rules as you're going around, but I just loved how much strategy there was to this and how seriously all the teams took it.
0: It was definitely, like, fun to see that. Like, it is definitely different than most of the season we've seen so far Mm -hmm. where it's been kind of just, like, best friends running around t- together. Yeah. And it seemed like actually like true competition right here. Like you feel the finale pressure in the, in these moment in this episode and probably definitely in the last one.
1: And it's always hard when you have a face off in amazing race, because you know, that last place team is sitting there waiting it out and okay, they're almost definitely going to be gone. Uh, what I think helped with this one. And I was, you know, upset with uh, Corey and Ivana last week, I said for Adam and Andrea uh, being eliminated, you would think I would be really upset this week with Karen and Bert going just period because they're like by far my favorite team. But just being able to see that one moment in the face off where they had already gotten burned by Team Giver getting it in the center and that it ends up being that Karen accidentally bumped theirs into the center again. I can be okay with them being eliminated, you know, because it's like, well, they kind of did, I don't know how you say that in a negative way, but it's like. You know, it's not anything about, oh, well, they had to wait out of the rules this week. I mean, they lost that challenge, and it makes it easier for them to be eliminated, I guess, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, you can't, like, script something like that any better. Yeah. Like, that was just kind of perfect how it worked out. I mean, unfortunately, but it was kind of... It was, it was funny.
1: Um, another hilarious moment from Corey and Ivana this week. I never thought I'd be saying that as many times as I have in one episode. Uh, after they finished the face-off and we found out the roadblock is the cockroach one, and... Uh, Corey's like, yeah, he's getting all excited about it. It's like, yeah, all right. And then Ivana's like, wait, they're going to be crawling on you. And just dead silence for a second. This it sinks in and he's like, Oh <laughs> I just love the way he, his expression changed. But another thing, like Corey owning this episode. Uh, let's talk about first before we even get into Corey's performance. The cockroach challenge. Uh, we're getting some pretty decent polls this week in that the results make sense and they're not completely one-sided. 55% of Canadians would not do this challenge. Apparently we're very terrified of bugs here which is weird, because there's bugs everywhere. Uh, Rossi, do you have a fear of cockroaches? Would you do this challenge, or would you do it only if you were the counter?
0: I would only do it if I was the counter.
1: You never would do I was it like, otherwise?
0: No, I would not, I could not. I would have been, like I wouldn't have even gotten in it. There's no way I would have taken the penalty. Like I couldn't.
1: So what things, here's here's an interesting question I wanted to ask, what things, whether it be on The Amazing Race, Survivor, or anything like that, what what fears do you have? Where you're like, if a challenge involves this, I am not doing it.
0: Um, what they had to do, <laughs> the not the count. If I had to count, I could do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would want to eat anything live. because um, sometimes they'll have like a, a live grub or a live mm-hmm. spider in Survivor or something, and they're like, "Eat this." Maybe if I was starving, like I can't say ex- replicate that experiment to give you an answer. Um mostly things that involve like bugs and stuff like mm-hmm.
1: so you wouldn't be afraid of like the height challenges or anything like that it's just you don't want uh, something really disgusting you
0: know yeah.
1: defecating all over your scalp as we saw in this
0: <laughs> yeah there's no major fears in terms of heights or
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I'm willing to do all physical challenges mental puzzles whatever I mean I may not be the best at them like but, but like I can do them it's just, like, things like this freak me out.
1: Um, they picked the right one, at least for Corey and Ivana on this one, because you can see their, their profiles. Uh, Corey's fear was vomit, as I mentioned, and Ivana's fear was spiders. So I would assume somebody who's afraid of spiders is probably also going to be afraid of cockroaches. Uh, I loved how Corey owned this challenge, like, to the point where he was getting, I'm at one with the bugs, I'm at one with the <laughs> bugs, and he's actually pretending to kiss them at one point, like, it's just brilliant.
0: Yeah, he was a rock star, mm-hmm. although I wish, I mean, I know why they did it for Corey, like, he had to get his hair up so it wasn't in the way, Yeah, but, like, I wish every team kind of got that, that seemed a little bit unfair to him.
1: Yeah, uh, because... When this started, I asked Jamie, I'm like, would you do this challenge? And she said to me, would I do the counting or do the other... And she had to think about both. So even the counting would have grossed her out to a certain degree. But uh, she said, oh, if I'm able... Like, he has that thing covering his hair. If you're able to pull that over your ears, fine. And then when the next team came up and they didn't have it on... Like, I assumed everybody would get those. It clearly was just because his hair is not going to fit in there otherwise, you know? So... I, nobody else got that. I mean, you, I'm guessing you wouldn't have done this unless you had something coming in your hair or your head or any part of it. Your- I
0: wouldn't have done anything. I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> it. I would have been like Bert, but I wouldn't have gotten in it in the mm-hmm. first place to complain. Like, I just, I just couldn't.
1: Um, I'm looking up some of the other fears here just so we go throughout. Uh, Sam's fear is eating gross things, whereas Paul's is tarantulas. Again, I'm assuming anybody that's afraid of spiders is going to be afraid of this. I have to be honest, this wouldn't have bothered... Like, it didn't even take me a second to be like, nah, it wouldn't bother me. Like, I would have been fine with this. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think about anything that would really bother me if I had to do it. I mean, there are things that might bother me a little bit, but I just kind of... I, I don't know. I just would be like, yeah, whatever. It's for you know, quarter of a million dollars and the Amazing Race Canada. So that's enough prize all on its own. But yeah, I don't know of many things that would bother me. Maybe if I had to, if I had to kill something, I wouldn't want to do it, you know? Even if it was something small, if they're like, kill this mouse. <laughs> um, I don't
0: know if the amazing race is going to go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, sometimes on Survivor. Murder. like murder. No, I just like, if you watch Survivor, you talk about the gross-out food ones. You know, sometimes on Survivor, they will kill whatever they're about to feed you right in front of you. You know, if I'm going to be the one who's killing, you know, a mouse or something like that, and I don't know, they've never feed pe- fed people mice on there, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Karen and Bert, Karen's fear is falling. Bert's is, wow, this is great, (laughs) Bert, the man that we're going to talk about the most in the spider challenge or the cockroach challenge, the one who basically said his biggest fear was bugs, Uh, bugs crawling all over me in a confined space or having to pick up a large insect. So so did they just design this challenge around Bert, exact words, verbatim, what he said his fear was, bugs crawling all over me in a confined space is this a little bit cruel that they planned this challenge but we didn't have a falling challenge or anything
0: yeah i mean well, you could fall anytime she could have fallen tripping she could have gotten tripped on the street and fall that's falling yeah um,
1: could have yeah um
0: yeah but this was no so unfortunate here, for bert right?
1: if somebody had said my fear is spiders in a confined space you know with a hairnet on or something like that then <laughs> uh, let's look at team giver here last ones here um <laughs> <laughs> sorry both of them answered regrets (laughs) (laughs) they have a lot to regret on this race um and somehow still got to the finale but uh this was such a challenge I loved it were you too grossed out by it to enjoy the challenge
0: um a little bit but I was okay
1: yeah I mean there's
0: I, I was trying to just focus on um the the drama of it all how Corey had to sit there for an hour and like just and then all of Bert's reactions and stuff. I was I was in, entertained, but freaked out at the same time.
1: I mean, Bert. This is again another reason why I think I'm okay with Karen and Bert leaving this week. Let's also be honest. Neither of us expected them to get anywhere near the finale, so I'm all right with that. But it was such a dramatic moment. And usually, when you see somebody and they're dealing with their fear on the race, you kind of I'm not saying that you're negative about it, but you're like, oh, come on, you know, you know, get a little bit of a thicker skin, grow a bit of a backbone, be a man, uh, show us your balls, not literally, but you know what I mean? With this one, like, you sympathize with him, especially since he held it together so well during the episode, and then only when the challenge is over did he really break down, he really broke down. Like, you could see this really was a fear. I started to think to myself, oh, is this just something where he's playing up, oh, I'm terrified of this for good TV, Like, he was completely losing it when this was over, and yet it was such a good moment. It wasn't like I was sitting there going, like, oh, what's he crying like a little baby for? You know, I I loved that moment they had at the end.
0: Yeah, they definitely needed that moment Mm -hmm. to, to like, to, like, justify everything, I feel like. Just because at a certain point, it's, like, it could get annoying if you, you, like... A fear is only something you can experience as like yourself. Like you can't kind of yeah. show it as bad. Yeah, exactly. So like, you need to like show that he was actually like terrified. And it
1: made it made him look stronger by you know obviously the person in the box has nothing to do with whether they proceed or not. Uh, they just have to sit there. You know, I'm not saying this in like uh, oh it's her fault way. I'm just saying like Bert didn't lose this challenge for them. If anybody lost it for them it was Karen. In reality, the faceoff lost them the race, but you're just sitting there the whole time. I mean, the fact that he was so composed for however long they were there was really impressive when you saw how much he lost out on the end. And that dramatic moment also made it so that they kind of go out on a high. And this is what I like. You know, I mentioned Cormac and Nicole earlier, and that was probably one of the most dramatic losses ever on the Amazing Race where it was so clear who was going home. But the fact that she gave it like 17 tries over the course of 17 hours or something like that, and just refused to stop until she could finish the challenge, you like those moments like that. So it, was, it didn't need to be like a race to the finish on this. I found that this finale, this final moment of the episode is what made the whole episode for me. And yet it was very clear all the way from the face-off to the end, who was going home.
0: Yeah, it also helps. well, it doesn't help, I guess, that so we could have probably guessed this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like, from the outset of the episode, even before we knew anything that was going to happen. Like, they were just the, the go-to team that was going to fall at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, but it, at the same time, we could have said that for anybody. Um, that's the other thing I put this episode, that in a way, it was more unpredictable than it should have been. Because we know Team Giver, you know, they have a lot of big mistakes. And, and I don't think either of us expected Team Giver. We'll go through the predictions in a second. But we didn't really have high expectations for them. Corey Nabana, nobody had expectations for him throughout the race, and even Sam and Paul, they had that setup at the beginning of the face-off where they said, you know, Sam and Paul's weakness weaknesses are overconstant. And there was another great moment there where Corey and Ivana beat them because you have Sam and Paul be like, oh, this is going to be so easy, like this cocky moment. And then Corey and Ivana identify it and say this is their weakness. They get too secure in being confident, and they were completely right. Um, so anybody could have gone this week, even though when you watch the episode, it's clear. But storytelling-wise, it wasn't like okay, we know this has to be Karen and Burt because Karen and Burt are not a team that can make the finals. None of these teams really should be making the finals. Sorry, I had to sneeze there. I I resisted the urge to become my wife, and she sneezed on the air. Um, Where are the predictions here? Rossi, do you have them written down? I'm looking for them. Here we go. No. Okay, we'll run them down... In full next week, we'll just say where we finished. Karen and Bert to go. Uh, we did our predictions when there were five teams left a couple of weeks ago, and we both predicted Karen and Burt to be fifth place. Uh, so they got one further, I guess, than we thought. Uh, we also both predicted Adam and Andrea to win the amazing race, so none of us are going to be right here. <laughs> um, let's quickly run through the final three teams here, because now we're...
0: Well, do we um, not want to run them? I... No, no, no. I was, I was going to say I, we may not have predicted it, but preseason, I did say one of the three final three teams would win.
1: Wh- which one did you say was so so oh, you, one of these I final? Said Sam three. And Paul. Okay, so who are your preseason yeah. final three? Let's just go through just that.
0: Oh, okay, it's pulling up. But I know I predicted Sam and Paul to win.
1: That was your preseason the... pick to win.
0: Yeah, my preseason pick was Sam and Paul.
1: Anybody else? I just want, I'm curious to hear what your other two final three were.
0: Sorry, I loading. While
1: you're What's doing it that, out? let's okay. talk quickly about Sam and Paul. They finished first place in five out of the ten legs.
0: Yes, that and is a lot. I was going to look up how much time, how many wins did the hockey girls get? <laughs>
1: how many did they have? Do you have it there?
0: That's, no, I was going to ask you. i look you it up had, while you're looking at you your the rankings. Like,
1: we're so well prepared for this episode. Okay. I
0: know you don't like them, but I was wondering if you yeah. knew. <laughs>
1: Are you still waiting for me, or you got yours up? This is just a race to see who gets yours up first. I got it. it. Okay, so your other final three predictions were?
0: Okay, so I said, um, Sam Hall would win. I said, Dan and Rhea would get second. And I said, Andrea and Ebony would be third.
1: All right. Um, well, Dan and Rhea did get second. Um, not second place. Uh, second eliminated. So, I guess some victory there. Uh... And here we go, Natalie and Megan, the hockey girls, came in first place 7 out of 12 legs. So we have one less leg, but I guess at this point, at episode 10, they had had one more first place finish. The thing that makes this more impressive and maybe more predictable going into the finale, though, is we were talking at the midway point of this season that it was so up in the air because nobody had really even come close to being first, you know, multiple times. Sam and Paul had... Only one first-place finish in the first six legs, and now they've finished four in a row. Uh, is this pretty much a runaway for them at this point? Like, Are you still thinking they're going to win this?
0: At this point, they're the odds-on favorite yeah, to obviously. win. Like, if you were a betting person, you'd bet on them. Um, but as we know, any really major challenge could throw people. Like, We, we could have seen any of these teams fall at the final hurdle at the, with this bug challenge. I mean, obviously, Bert was most impacted by it, but anyone could have messed up. And so I'm seeing maybe if there's that memory challenge that gets people messed up, it could change, but I, unlikely.
1: Um, I think they're going to win this thing. I'm not going to be upset with win because, to be honest, last season's winners weren't the most exciting team ever. Um, I don't know. Have, has there been a season where maybe Mickey and Pete But I don't know if we've had a season where, like, the most exciting team won. It's always kind of, okay, they're a good team, they're competitive. We don't really get the biggest characters ever winning on Amazing Race Canada outside of Mickey and Pete. Um,
0: Well, it's interesting to think, because the first two seasons, the people that weren't the really odds-on-favorite to win won. mm -hmm. Like, the underdogs won the first two seasons. And the next two seasons, the, like, odds-on-favorite won. Like the top yeah. dogs, the people yeah, who are on top else. the whole time won. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see where this will go. Will we get Corey and Ivana, surprise, or will we get Sam and Paul, shock, well, no shock?
1: Along with that, you know, Corey and Ivana, um, uh, we're not going to go through all the predictions here, but I predicted Corey and Ivana to be in the top three, simply because I said I always loved it in the Amazing Race. There always seems to be one team that probably shouldn't be there, and they find a way to sneak in. I don't know if this fact is right or not, but when you look up uh, Corey Nivana, I do read a fact here uh, on the Amazing Race wiki page that says that they are, what? Are they, they're either second or they're tied for the most second to last finishes in the Amazing Race, not just Canada in the Amazing Race period um, like the history of the show Like, is that right, like can you think of any, is this a, a well known fact or no point in asking you I yet, don't know,
0: who's do you know the other team, uh,
1: Josh and Brent.
0: Oh. <laughs> so I don't. I'm, and they went on. And they went on to do yeah, well and win. And so. I'm looking
1: at. You know, it's it's hard to read here, you know, unless you have the time to break it down. But uh, if we are looking at the the season or when they have finished in second last, uh, Corey Navarro were second last last week. They were second last the week before. They were second last the week before that. Um, and then second last in leg five, uh, second last in leg, yeah, leg four. So, yeah, they've spent half of their race in the just barely made it position. Uh, and we're talking about Amazing Race Season 1. You said how Tim and Tim were the underdogs. It's funny because going into that season, I was rooting for the, the sisters. Who's the one who actually has her own TV show? Uh, do you know what are their names? S- Selena and, yeah, Vanessa and Vanessa. Selena. And Selena even though I wasn't rooting for them at any point throughout the race, when they made that final episode, I said, I have to be rooting for them because how hilarious would it be if they actually win this and they didn't win, but that's kind of become like my go-to thing. If I don't have a team I'm really rooting for in the finale, you know, if there is no, uh, cyclists like in season 25 of us, or if there's no, uh, Brian and Cynthia or, um, Karen and Bert this time around, then I go for the team that probably shouldn't be there. That just happens to make it. So, uh, they're the ones I'm rooting for in the finale, but like they really, for a team that's finished second last many times they have, I feel like even in the ones they finished second last, they've been impressive weeks. Like, it was I don't think it was last week, but the week before, where they were, like, first place for the entire time, and then it just happened to make a mistake on the end. They become a very competitive team for one that has not done that well as far as the official results go.
0: Yeah, they definitely, like, get out of tricky situations all the time. Um, I think that they do have upside to do well in this final leg. Because they do perform well, it's just some challenges and driving kills them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, driving and navigating, as we found out last week. And that's their reputation on this, but would you be happy if uh, Corey and Ivana win this thing?
0: Yeah. I'd be okay with, I'd honestly be okay with any of these teams winning, because these are the, I think all the teams are enjoyable. Um, I'd honestly been okay with any of the Final Five winning as well. Maybe, eh, on Karen and Burt winning, but most of those you're teams I'd be okay with You're not on Team Karen and Burt? I like them, but I, for winning... Just because
1: of their performance, you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not like Suki and Jinder, you're not like opposed I- to them winning or something.
0: No, 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 definitely not like that.
1: Um, final team to make the final three. Uh, and I'm not upset with them, even though <laughs> uh, I probably should be, you know, just based on the fact that my team is out now. But uh, what I don't know, what are the odds at this point that you think for Team Giver? They're definitely a surprising team in that I don't think they perform the way, we said it many times about this, the way that they came out in those first few episodes. They're not as strong of a team as you would think. They're not as smart of a team as you would think. But they have some, some moments where it's almost brilliant and like the crock and curl challenge alone, just them realizing it's like, why are we wasting our time trying to play this like it's curling? Let's just aim for the center and do it. Uh, let's give her. <laughs> and then little things like, you know, getting the crowd into it with the the, the challenge with the alpacas this week. Uh, they they really, I think, are the, the team that's most determined. And the fact that they want the crowds to cheer for them and things like that, I don't think it's just putting on a show. I think these guys naturally have that energy. and. Even though I don't think that they're the most deserving as far as their performance all around, and of these three final teams, I'm almost more okay with Corey and Ivana winning based on their performance than I am Team Giver. Because I really didn't think Team Giver should have been there. But I can't think of any team winning that would be more fun to watch win than Team Giver. Like, if we if they're at like a 10.5 right now on a scale of 1 to 10, what number could they possibly reach if they win $250,000, you know, a Chevy whatever, and a trip around the world, and the Amazing Race Canada?
0: Yeah, they would be fun to win. <laughs> um, like, Silas, a long they... time,
1: you're, you're thinking about it. And I'm like, you're trying to visualize what's going to be like. Yeah, they'd be fun. No,
0: they're. I mean, they're just... Such great characters and um, it would be fun to see them win but at the same time it's like looking at they're not they're not like the best representation of good like franchise winners if you know what I'm saying. They're they're like the Josh and the Brent.
1: (laughs) Um, Or Tim and Tim. (laughs) I don't want to mention those names. Uh, I didn't have to edit you so thank you. Um, First I just want to say it is funny because just reading people's opinions this past week online, most people are of the opinion. I think I even mentioned it last week. I read tons of comments from people saying, Yeah, Sam and Paul are the only team that deserve to win, which, if you're looking at performance, is probably true. But then most of those same people will say, Yeah, Sam and Paul are the team that I dislike the most or that I like the least, you know, because they're not the big personalities. It pretty much is at this point, you know, if.
0: Also, they say that because they're Canadian. Yeah, they don't want exactly. to say they Canadians don't, say, like, don't dislike
1: anything. Yeah. Um, we love everybody. We even love uh, Australians. Uh, believe it or not, and New Zealanders. Uh, we just don't love Saskatchewan. Even people from Saskatchewan don't. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I don't feel like it's going to bother me if they win. But I will feel like you know we're two seasons in a row where I feel like the the race itself was not as exciting as the previous seasons, and two seasons in a row where it's maybe a less exciting team to win. I, I kind of want a good payoff, and that's just the way it goes with Amazing Race. You know, I don't think you have to be so tied to the winners, but you see how people got upset about Season 29 U.S. If you think about it, this is probably just as unpredictable as that Final 3 was, but I don't know.
0: What about, um, mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off, what about 25? The
1: winners of Season 25?
0: Well, just like, how how do you think, how do you think Kev uh, Giver versus like a team like Amy and Maya or whoever? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, we had a lot of discussions on them. <laughs> we're, they, they were the candy girls.
0: I'm just trying to think of like the re- like well, trying to do Harrison here's like. the
1: problem, and this is something that's funny with Amazing Race fans, and maybe it's because we did see. It's not the fault of the show. I mean, when you have it that you can choose any type of partner you want, it will happen where you get a lot of male teams winning, and there just needs to be in the Amazing Race uh, fan base out there people that if an all male team wins, it's automatically annoying uh, versus an all female team who doesn't deserve it. Oh, it's cool that they won. You know, Amy and Maya winning. Well, it's an all-female team. There's no way they ever should have won, so it's impressive they did. Well, the same can be said for a team like Team Giver, you know? I just feel like, at least with the fan base goes, it's a little bit too slanted. And I understand the reason why, because we got so many seasons of the all-male team winning. But, like, at some point, we were even saying Team Giver is not the alpha male team. You know, they are more of a Mickey and a Pete. uh, Or a, um, uh, why does the name always escape me? They're one of my favorite teams. Season 9 winners. U.S. Season 9, um, BJ and Tyler. BJ yeah. and Tyler. I see them more like that, so I don't know. I think one way or the other, Team Giver wins, people are going to hate it. Uh, they're probably like the I, I consider them like the Rupert of the Amazing Race. You know, casual <laughs> fans will probably love Team Giver, and just because they're such a big personality and they've gotten so much airtime, I guarantee that like everybody's going to be hating on them if they win.
0: And, every, and they're also going to be upset if they don't win because everyone yeah. loves them. It's like, but if they... They'll be, All-Stars won. Here's, yeah, here's if they giver, don't like... win,
1: then better chance for them being on All-Stars, I think, which has to be coming soon. Huh? Maybe one or two more seasons and we'll get there. Uh, did we miss anything else in this episode? Oh, yeah, the end credits. So we had the preview. I'm not even going to talk about the preview for the finale. Uh, we'll just kind of you know leave that for when it comes. But I noticed in the end credits they had, like, thanks to, you know, they always have you know, where it was filmed and all that. They have stock footage courtesy of it. It shows tourism Winnipeg. Maybe I have to go through the opening credits or something, but I was watching that thinking, oh, Winnipeg's going to be in the finale. And of course it's not. I know that now, but we just got thrown in there. So there is a single shot somewhere in this episode, and probably in all the episodes. I'm guessing it's the opening credits where Winnipeg is shown. I just want to know where it is. If anybody out there is listening that knows which shot they have to thank tourism Winnipeg for, uh, I want to know it, because I have to identify my own city in The Amazing Race. It's exciting if The Amazing Race goes to your own city. It's only happened once here, but has The Amazing Race ever been to... Wh- wh- what city are you from?
0: Um, uh, where, where's the headquarters of whatever place you're uh, we talking awesome
1: about?
0: <laughs> no, headquarters at Campbell's. That's, yeah, right. no. That's okay. where I live. And they've no. not been there.
1: Uh, but if they did go there, you'd want to see. If, if you saw tourism, whatever the city is that the headquarters of Chunky Soup, you'd probably want to see the shot where you were in there, right?
0: Uh, I'd love. I'd love to be the Johnny Mustard. Yeah, of the that, how cool race. would that
1: be? You, you, somebody you know just comes up and it's like, and you can be Rossi Mustard. You know, I, I think it suits you, Rossi Mustard. Oh, I want to be ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> I hate ketchup, by the way. I just want to say, I'm a much bigger mustard fan. What are your feelings on ketchup, Rossi We're just dragging this episode out now to reach an hour.
0: Ketchup is the best invention that humans create. I don't
1: actually hate ketchup, but it might be once a year that I choose to put ketchup on anything. It's just not something I'm a huge fan of. Um, I don't know if we're going to reach that goal of an hour for the episode, that's fine. We only have four teams to talk about. Uh,
0: Okay, they did go, side note, they went to New Jersey... On the first episode of the oh, Family Edition.
1: Oh, and how many times have I rewatched that? I mean, I watch <laughs> it every
0: day. And I think uh, that's it. Like, I can't, I don't see any other pull ups of anything I, I else. I want
1: to say I'm a fan of New Jersey just because you had the New Jersey Devils, like, when they were still a good team. Uh, one of the greatest teams ever, with one of the greatest Canadian goalies ever, too. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched hockey or if that's not jersey enough.
0: No. Yeah, I know what you're Brodeur. talking about. Yeah, I know who who. I don't know who specifically, but I I understand. I know these are all familiar. Yeah, things. they're all
1: familiar things. <laughs> Chunky soup and Martin Brodeur are the things most familiar in uh, whateverville, <laughs> New Jersey. You're from. Um, let's.
0: Um, but um, to go on yeah. New Jersey a little bit more, Robbie of Brook and Robbie is from oh, New Jersey. I love Brooke and Robbie. The 20s are from are New really? Jersey? I thought they
1: were from somewhere else in New York. Oh, no, well, you know what? Really I, you're talking about, like, Natalie and Nadia, right? Yeah. No, you yeah, know what I'm thinking who, of? They were in New York when I interviewed them for the Survivor podcast. I was talking to them from a hotel in New oh. York. That's what I'm thinking of.
0: Tim and Maria hey, are from New hey, Jersey. Tim and Marie. Um... Kevin and yeah, Drew.
1: Kevin and Drew are great. Are from New a, how come they've never come back?
0: They did, and then <laughs> they were eliminated.
1: I really hate all-star seasons. That's showing.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, on All Stars one,
1: and that was the one All Star season I actually didn't mind too. Um, who else is from New Jersey? Because we have like, I don't know, Tim and Tim, and Brian and Cynthia, and Cormac and Nicole. Those are the only Winnipeg ones ever.
0: Um, we also have, uh, Tiffany of oh, Tiffany and Krista from, from the Justin oh, Diana group. Are
1: they New Jersey too?
0: Um, just I'll one of we them. We never
1: talked about that when we talked about their season.
0: I just, I'm you looking it know. up now. I've never looked <laughs> this up before. It doesn't
1: make the local news there.
0: No. Um, Bob and Joyce. I don't Bob even and Joyce. Are
1: you making teams up now?
0: Season five? Okay, I
1: I would just rewatch season five and I still don't know who they are.
0: Eighth a place or something? I'm gonna
1: look them up now and see if they Oh the Internet the old the old internet were... couple, yeah. Remember them? The 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 old people that uh, met nope. on the internet? Oh, okay. Nope. Go back and watch it.
0: Um Jonathan of Connor and Jonathan?
1: <laughs> Not even
0: from Amazing Race seventeen?
1: Don't even remember them.
0: They got first place once. They got first place once.
1: So.
0: <laughs> um, There's
1: a lot of, you know, let's, let's just, just reward some of these New Jersey teams with the New Jersey Lake. And we can involve them, and they'll be more recognizable than uh, Cindy and Ernie in uh, the finale of season 29. Let's get Bob and Joyce on there and just watch all the teams recognize them more than they would Ernie and Cindy
0: yeah yeah i'm sure
1: let's jump into the reviews here thank you you actually helped us to stretch this to an hour uh let's jump into the reviews here buy it bin it rent it rossi where are you going
0: um i'm gonna, hmm. gonna i'm gonna rent, rent
1: it, it. Okay, i'm gonna buy this one uh i actually thought this was one of the better episodes all season and kind of just what i said
0: you didn't even sell me on it I you didn't sell even you try. You on,
1: i'll sell you on the same way I did it was funny you know, at moments there was that it needs to be funny. Mostly, Corey was funny in this. Uh, it was dramatic, like with Karen and Bert. It was exciting. You know, with the train stuff and not knowing what's going to happen or how much time do we have left. The clock's ticking. Uh, it was scary. The cockroaches. Like this one had everything. Did I sell you? Are you still renting?
0: Hmm. I'm going to rent it. I just think it lacked a little bit I, of momentum.
1: So, I, I'm going to claim this the first. One to be able to do this. Um, I successfully changed somebody's vote. (laughs) Uh, I didn't veto it, but I changed somebody's vote when uh, people want to go back and listen to it. And why not? You should listen to our episode on the Dark Tower that Ben and I just recorded, where I got him to change his rating on this uh, throughout the episode. Not that he rated it one thing and then I said something and he changed it, but he was going into it rating it one way and I persuaded him. So uh, before the end of this season, I will persuade Rossi to change his rating. And I've got one week left, because it's the finale next week. <laughs>
0: <The> one episode. <laughs> well, I, will, I
1: guarantee I will change your opinion by the end of that episode. We're, what, two and a half days, at least in time recorded. It's probably one and a half days by the time this goes to air, uh, away from watching it. And, I mean, we're glad. There's a lot of people who have downloaded these Amazing Race Canada episodes. More than I thought would. Oh, yeah, we'll do predictions, too. Why not? Let's make this a two-hour episode. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people have downloaded these Amazing Race Canada ones I didn't expect that we'd get a lot You know, just listening to us talk about Amazing Race Canada not even a US version um, apologies for the episodes most of the time going up about four days after it aired or five days after it aired You know, Rossi doesn't even get to watch these live or anything so we do often have to wait for him even though this week it took me longer I've got like school work and this and plus ben makes me talk about horrible things jumping yeah trains. jumping trains daily um i've got a lot going on i've got a baby that cries in at least half of these episodes but uh yeah we will
0: cheese there's abound. so many
1: sneezes and cries and then there's all the stuff that jamie and casper do in the background it's just it's, it's a nightmare to record here at my house but uh we're glad everybody's listening to the season let's uh get into our finale predictions now we can compare this. Are we going to write them down? You write them down for me, okay? I've got our top five predictions. You do our finale predictions. Rossi, count them down. From, do okay. you want to each alternate 3 to one or do you want to just go your 3 to one Oh,
0: right. I like alternating. Alternate.
1: What's your last place team in the finale?
0: So yeah. the third place for me is going to... Third. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to go with Corey and Ivana.
1: All right. uh, I'm going to go with... This is going to be surprising since I said they're the front runners going. But I kind of have a hunch and a feeling here. I think that Sam and Paul are going to end up third. And it's more because of how I'm going to sell the other two teams. But who's your second place call, which also means who's your first place?
0: I'm going to do... Ken and Ryan in second place. why
1: are Kenneth and Ryan two?
0: Um... I'm going to give them two because I see them doing consistent, but not as consistent as, like, I see them doing well, but not well enough. Um, and I just see Sam and Paul continuing their I also friend.
1: see Kenneth Ryan as two, <laughs> which makes my prediction the one we're going to laugh at next week. But it's more, I guess, comparing... For my second and third teams, it's more about, well, which team is more competitive. And I see Team Giver going all out. Like, there's so much pride with these guys. And I think Sam and Paul are, they're a little bit too calm, I think, for a finale. Uh, And they may end up falling behind. That's just my guess. Whereas Team Giver, like, they're going to be on speed throughout this challenge. Uh, Or, you know, some other form of legal substance in Canada. (laughs) Uh, Why do you pick, then, your number one team is Sam and Paul?
0: I mean they're on a they're on such a momentum of five in a row and I, I just I just see them as the front runners like they're the Gino and Jesse of the season yeah
1: see I kind of think it's because of that that they won't win because we've had like four legs in a row that they've come in first on and at least the last two rigs they legs, they've kind of been teasing that they might fall apart and it's not even coming close to happening like I this is me reading the edit more than anything else, and I don't see why we would have the mentions of Sam and Paul, oh, you know, they collapse and everything, uh, and all the other teams saying, we need to get Sam and Paul out if you wanted the audience to get behind them. I almost feel like that's subliminal way of trying to make the audience feel like, yeah, you know, Sam and Paul, they're, they're too competitive, I almost want them to lose a little bit. But the other thing is that I feel like Corey and Ivana have had more personal stories told throughout the course of this race, and I, again, I may be completely off base. Uh, and they probably would be, like, competitive wise, the easy third place choice. But I almost feel like they're setting them up to have you root for them a little bit. So I'm thinking second and third, I'm basing it on their performance so far. And my number one team, I'm also basing it on just the edit receiving. I'm probably reading way too much into that. Yeah. You probably are. Uh, excited for the finale still, Rossi? Yeah,
0: I know. I'm ready. I want to see how this turns out i think after the shock of adam and andrea going we were kind of thrown and so i want to see how it wraps up and i'm excited i don't know where they're going but i'm sure and it's we know exciting one for sure
1: there will be far less people complaining at the end of the season regardless of who wins than ended on season 29 i guess which maybe we'll talk about <laughs> at some point in the future as we have recorded and i was just thinking today i got to figure out how to fix that episode <laughs> we'll get it out before season 30 for sure uh, maybe we'll, 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 we'll include it as a segment on the Season 30 recap or something. But thank you for joining me as always, Rossi. And just to let you know, you have to do some research for next week because I did find that Croc and Curl, the first competitive games of Croc and Curl, were played here in Winnipeg January 28th of this past year. Um, I had no idea that even happened. The biggest, I guess, landmark or meeting place in the city, the Forks, uh, huge marketplace there. People go there all the time. I was there throughout the winter. I never saw the crock and curl rink, but I will be visiting if it's still there this year. Rossi, you got to find the sport of wherever New Jersey or the crock and curl equivalent by next week. Done. Done. And we will be back to talk all about the finale. And until then, giver, giver. Her. Join in, Rossi. Giver, giver.
0: Her. <laughs> giver, giver. All right, that's Peter the now. <laughs> <laughs>